Welcome to Zichur Daf Siman Remember Avram Gold. Hi, and today we're Beah Daf Lamed Dalad, the fourth parak Hamevi. So the three topics are going to focus on number one. The Gemara brings a Mishnah from Chulin that teaches Drasa or Shetrat Vakosa. If someone trod on a bird or knocked it against the wall, or if an animal crushed it and it still flutters but is unable to stand, according to Rashi, if it remained alive for twenty-four hours and he shechted it, it's kosher. Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi Lazar the bird requires inspection after it's shechted to check for internal injuries. Rabbi Yumi asked Rabbi Zira, What's the lach with regard to shechting on Yantov after it lived 24 hours? Do we assume that a problem exists out of concern of violating Yantov or not? Rashi explains that since shechting a trefa animal is usher, midarais on Yantov, and in this case, there's a greater chance that the bird is a trefa, do we prohibit the shechita? Rabbi Zira attempted to answer the question based on our mission that prohibits heating new towels to roast on them because they might crack. Similarly, shechita should be bred because the bird could be a trefa. Rabbi Yermi rejected his proof, saying that heating the new towels in Yantav is prohibited because it's necessary to harden them. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, and Rabbi Lezer said another thing. Omen Adam Shabbos A person may stand next to foodstuffs that are muksa on Friday during the Shviz year and declare, From here, I will eat tomorrow. The term muksa refers to figs and grapes that were set in the sun to dry. During the drying process, become inedible. Rush explains that the fruits discussed here are somewhat edible, and some people would eat them, while others would allow them to dry longer. Therefore, their muksa status depends on their owner. If he declared his intention to eat them in their present state, they're designated and no longer muksa. Rebbeiazer only requires an oral designation to remove the muksa status, and one does not have to decide specifically which products will be eaten, since he relies on the principle of Barreira. The Chami disagree and said that he must mark off the portion to eat it and declare, Mikan Adkan, I will eat tomorrow from here to here. Rashi explains that the Chami reject the principle of Barreira. And point number three, the Gemara brought a Mishnah from Meisters that taught that if children hid figs in the field prior to Shabbos, with the intention of eating them on Shabbos, but forgot and did not tie them, on Motsi Shabbos, they may not eat from them, even as a snack, unless they take Maestros. Their designation for eating them on Shabbos creates a chiyu for Maestros. A second mission for Maestros taught that although a chatzar also creates a chiyu for Maestros, this is true only if there's gemar malacha of the produce, meaning that the processing of the produce has been completed. Rava asked Rav Nachman, Shabbos Moshe Tikva Muxa does Shabbos establish an obligation for muksa produce, which is produce that has not been completely processed, to be tied? Do we say that since the Pusik states, Bakarasu Shabbos Onig, you shall proclaim the Shabbos a pleasure, Kava Ba'afio Shalon Nigmar Molachdu, the Shabbos establishes an obligation even for produce that has not had its Gemar Molacha or not? Rav Nachman answered, Alimad Aruchubiyadenu, Shabbos Kovas. It is a fully developed teaching in our hands that the Shabbos establishes a chiv to take maestros whether the processing was completed or not. The Gemara will challenge Rav Nachman's position. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara brings a Mishnah from Chulun that teaches, Drasa or Shetrafa Bakosa. If someone trod on a bird or knocked it against the wall, or if an animal crushed it and it still flutters but is unable to stand, explains Rashi, If it remained alive for 24 hours and he shechted it, it's kosher. I said in the the bird requires inspection after it's shafted to check for internal injuries. Rabbi Yirmi asked Rabbi Zera, What is the halacha with regard to shechnin on Yantav after it lived 24 hours? Do we assume that a problem exists out of concern of violating Yantav or not? Rashi explains that since shechting a trefa animal is asimid the rice on Yantav, and in this case, there is a greater chance that the bird is a trefa. Do we prohibit the shechita? 
Rabbi Zira attempted to answer the question based on our mission that prohibits heating new tiles to roast on them because they might crack. Similarly, shechita should be prohibited because the bird could be a trefa. Rabbi Yumi rejected his proof, saying that heating the new tiles in Yantiv is prohibited because it's necessary to harden them. Pointing to the next Mishnah states, and Rabbi Lazar said another thing, Omen Adam al-Muksa Ev Shabbos B'Shviz, a person may stand next to foodstuffs that are Muksa on Friday during the Shviz year and declare, Mikan Ani Ochelamacher, from here I will eat tomorrow. The term Muksa refers to figs and grapes that were set in the sun to dry. During the drying process, they become inedible. Rush explains that the fruits discussed here are somewhat edible and some people would eat them while others would allow them to dry longer. Therefore, their Muksa status depends on their owner. If he declared his intention to eat them in their present state, they're designated and no longer muksa. Rabbi only requires an oral designation to remove the muksa status, and one does not have to decide specifically which products will be eaten since he relies on the principle of brera. The Chami disagree and say that he must mark off the portion to eat and declare, Mikan ve'adkan, I will eat tomorrow from here to here. Rashi explains that the Chami reject the principle of brera. And pointing with you, the Gemara brought a mission from Meisters that taught that if children hid figs in the field prior to Shabbos, with the intention of eating them on Shabbos, but forgot and did not tie them, on Motsi Shabbos they might not eat them even as a snack unless they take Meisters. Their designation for eating them on Shabbos creates a chiyu for Meisters. A second mission from Meisters taught that although a chatzor also creates a tithing obligation, this is true only if there's a Gemara Malach of the produce, meaning that the processing of the produce has been completed. Rabbi asked Rabbi Nachman, Shabbos, Mauschitikva Muxel Meister, does Shabbos establish an obligation for Muxel produce, which is produce that has not been completely processed, to be tithed? Do we say that since the Pasuk states, Vakarasa is Shabbos Onik, you shall proclaim the Shabbos a pleasure? Kava Vafil Shalod Nigmar Malachta, the Shabbos establishes an obligation even for produce that has not had its Gemara Malach or not. Rabbi Nachman answered, Limud It's a fully developed teaching in our hands that the Shabbos establishes a chiruf to take meisters whether the processing was completed or not. The Gemara will challenge Rabbi Nachman's position. All right, so now we go to Simber Dafram Adalin, and our standard simon is a ladder. A ladder. So here goes. The trod-on little bird fluttering at the bottom of the ladder was going to be shechted on Yantiv by the man who climbed up to his roof of Shabbos during Shviz to designate some drying grapes on the roof for eating who had a teaching in his hand that Shabbos is Kovela Maestris, whether there is Gemar Malacha or not. Once again, it's a motion. The trod-on little bird fluttering at the bottom of the ladder. Ladder? That must be more enough. Lamadalit. The trod-on little bird fluttering at the bottom of the ladder was going to be shechted on Yantiv, which reminds Rabbi Yumi asked Rabbi Zera, what is Halacha with regard to shechting a trod-on bird on Yantiv after it lived 24 hours? Mimas chinim Do we assume that a problem exists at a concern of violating Yantiv or not? Rush explains that since shechting a trefa animal is asim the rice in Yantiv, and in this case there is a greater chance the bird is a trefa, do we prohibit the shechid? Is there an attempt to answer the question based on our mission that prohibits heating new towels to roast on them because they might crack? Similarly, shechita should be prohibited because the bird could be a trefa. Rabbi Yirmi rejected his proof, saying that heating the new towels in Yantiv is prohibited because it's necessary to harden them. So the trod-on little bird fluttering at the bottom of the ladder was going to be shechted on Yantiv by the man who climbed up to his roof every Shabbos during Shviz to designate some drying grapes on the roof for eating, which reminds us in the next mission Rebbe Lezer said, Omen Adama al-Muqsa every Shabbos for Shviz, a person may stand next to foodstuffs that are Muqsa on Friday during the Shviz year and declare Mikan Ani Ochelamach. From here, I'll eat tomorrow. The term Muqsa refers to figs and grapes that were set in the sun to dry. Rebbe Lezer only requires an oral designation 
nation to remove the Mutzah status, and one does not have to decide specifically which produce will be eaten since he relies on the principle of Brera. The Chalmin disagree and say that he must mark off the portion to eat and declare, Mikan adkan, I'll eat tomorrow from here to here. But she explains that the Chalmin reject the principle of Brera. So the trot on a little bird fluttering at the bottom of the ladder was going to be shacked on Yantiv by the man who climbed up to his roof air Shabbos during Shviz to designate some drying grapes on the roof for eating who had a teaching in his hand that Shabbos is Kobela Maestras, whether there is Gemar Malacha or not. Which reminds us, Rava asked Rav Nachman, Shabbos Ma'u Shetik V'Muxel Maestras. Does Shabbos establish an obligation for Muxel Pradus, which is Pradus that has not been completely processed, to be tied? Do we say that since the Pasuk states, the Karasu Shabbos Oneg, you shall proclaim the Shabbos a pleasure, the Shabbos establishes an obligation even for Pradus that has not had its Gemar Malacha or not. Rav Nachman answered, It is a fully developed teaching in our hands that the Shabbos establishes a chiv to take meisters whether the processing was completed or not. The Gemara will challenge Rav Nachman's position. So once again, the trot on a little bird fluttering at the bottom of the ladder was going to be shechted on Yantiv by the man who climbed up to his roof air Shabbos during Shviz to designate some drying grapes on the roof for eating, who had a teaching in his hand that Shabbos is kovela meisters whether there is gemar molacha or not. Alright, now it's time for a four blah back Chazara. Daf Lamed, the simon for Daf Lamed is a Melamed, a Rebbe. So here goes. The Rebbe, Rebbe, Melamed, that must mean we're in Daf Lamed. The Rebbe was so proud of his Talmudim who didn't protest when they saw a woman drawing water from the river on Yantiv in the normal manner, which reminds us the Mishnah taught that one who brings pitchers of wine from place to place may not bring them in a basket or box, but he may bring them on his shoulder or in his hand in front of himself. Rashi explains, that he may not place three or four pitchers in a box and carry them because it appears like the weekday activity of carrying burdens. But a Tana taught, in Ev Charlushanos, Mutter. If it's not possible to deviate from the normal manner of transporting, it's permitted to carry the pitchers in a normal way. So the Rebbe was so proud of his Talmudim who didn't protest when they saw a woman drawing water from the river on Yantiv in the normal manner, nor give Tochacha to the group of Jews dancing and clapping in a sukkah, which reminds us that even though it's forbidden for people to dance, clap, and slap their thighs on Yantav and Shabbos, when we see people do so, we don't give them tochachim because and this applies even in derises, as we see in the case of Tosef Zim where people are required to begin their fast earlier at Erev Yom Kippur, and yet we don't give tochachim to the people that eat up until it gets dark. So the Rebbe is so proud of his Talmud who didn't protest when they saw a woman drawing water from the river on Yantav in the normal manner nor give tochacha to the group of Jews dancing and clapping in a sukkah where the owner happened to be taking down his decorations. Which reminds us that we learned that a tanai works to permit one to make use of a sukkah decorations, but a tanai does not work to permit one to use the wood of a sukkah the seven days of sukkahs. Daf Lamedolf, so the simmer Daf Lamedolf is the law we use a judge. So here goes. The retired judge, judge, that must be learned Daf Lamedolf, the law. The retired judge who grew frustrated when the wind blew his pile of leaves into his vase on Yantiv, which reminds us we may bring wood from a field from that which has been gathered into a pile before Yantiv, umina karpaf, a field, umina mafuzer, and from an enclosure one may use even from what is scattered. Rav said when it comes to leaves of reeves or leaves of vines, even if they are gathered and lying on the ground before Yantiv, since they would scatter if the wind would blow, they're considered kumufuzarim, they're considered scattered already and are prohibited. Or she explains that even if a wind doesn't scatter them, they are prohibited. Since the owner thought they would get scattered by the wind, he didn't plan on using them. Rabbi continues at one place to clean on the leaves the day before Yantiv, so they would not blow away. The leaves are not muksa. 
So the retired judge who grew frustrated when the wind blew his pile of leaves into his face on Yantiv, just as he was about to chop wood with the narrow blade of his axe, which reminds us that the next Mishnah taught that one may chop wood from a beam that broke before Yantiv. However, one may not chop using a cardam, an axe, or a sickle, or a saw, but only with a butcher's cleaver. Rav Chinin of Shalemia said in the name of Rav in regard to the cardam, the axe, The prohibition was taught only by using the wide edge of the axe blade, but using its narrow edge is permitted. One might have thought the Mishnah's leniency applies only to a butcher's cleaver that has no wide blade, but in the case of a single tool which has both an axe blade and a cleaver blade, I would say that since the side with the wide blade is prohibited, the other side with the narrow blade is also prohibited. Rafkina is coming to inform us that the narrow side of the tool is permitted. So the retired judge who grew frustrated when the wind blew his pile of leaves into his face on Yantiv, just as he was about to chop wood with the narrow blade of his axe, decided to breach the wall made from a pile of bricks and snack on his sealed-off produce. Which reminds us, the next mission states, Baishu Mali Peros Benifkas, a room filled with produce, was sealed before Yantav, but on Yantav became breached. Note, one may take produce from the place of the breach, but Rimer says, one may even breach the wall initially and take the produce. Rabbi Nechumi Barada said in the name of Rav that the mission refers to a room whose wall consists of a pile of bricks. Rashi explains that the bricks were stacked but not cemented together. Rimer permits the demolition of such a wall, even though these bricks are muksa, as they were set aside for construction. Rimer permits moving the muksa bricks because it's being done for the purpose of Simchas Yantav. Daf Lamed Beis, so the similar Lamed Beis is a mad scientist in a lab. So here goes. The mad scientist in a lab, mad scientist in a lab? That must be run Daf Lamed Beis. The mad scientist in a lab trying to haul out tiny clay lamps to hold small coins, which reminds us that Rav Yosef said that the town of the mission that says that we may not haul out a lamp because one thereby makes it into a kli is Rav Meir, who holds that the kli heretz can be makalatuma once it has been hollowed out, even though it has not been hardened in a kiln. When asked that perhaps Rav Meir said that a kli heretz that has not been hardened in a kiln is considered completed only with regard to a large utensil because it's suitable to hold something, but here, in the case of a small lamp, what is it suitable for? The Gemara answers that even a small lamp is suitable for holding. Coin. So the mad scientist in a lab trying to hollow out tiny clay lamps to hold small coins refused to let a poor man at his door sell them and share in the profit, which reminds us the Rav Nassim Bar Abba said in the name of Rav that the wealthy Abavo will descend to Gehenna. That's can be shown by the incident where the wealthy Abavo refused to help Shabzai ben Marinus by giving him work or sustenance. Shabzai said that they were from the heir of Rav. And we learned, any Jew whose compassion with people is certainly a descendant of Avram Avinu. And anyone who is not compassionate with people is certainly not a descendant of Avram Avinu. So the mad scientist in the lab trying to haul out tiny clay lamps to hold small coins refused to let a poor man at his door sell them and share in the profit because his domineering wife wouldn't let him. Which reminds us, it was taught in a bright that Gimel Chayehen in Chaim. There are three types of people whose lives are not lives, and they are Hamatzapul Shulchan Chaver. One must look to another's table for sustenance. Mishi Ishto Moshel is a love, and one whose wife rules over him. Mishi Yisurin Moshe Megufa, one whose body is racked with pain. And some add also someone who only has one shirt, which will result in his becoming infected with life. The grass why the ton of Kama didn't include in his list someone only has one shirt, and the answer is for it's possible for him to check his clothing and remove the lice from them. Daflam and Gimel. So the simmer Daflam and Gimel is a peg leg pirate. So here goes. The peg leg pirate. Peg leg pirate. That must be more than Daflam and Gimel. 
the peg-legged pirate who loved using his pointed branch as a spit, which reminds us, regarding a chizrev using a pointed branch as a spit, Rav Nachman prohibits it, but Rav Shesha permits it. The Gemara presents two different versions of the Malchokas, whether they're arguing over using dry wood or moist wood. So the peg-legged pirate who loved using his pointed branch as a spit, while chewing on toothpicks he made, by trimming hay, which reminds the Gemara examines whether wood may be splintered to slivers on Yanta for one to pick his teeth. Yuda said, Items which are suitable for foods of an animal, the prohibition of perfecting a cleat doesn't apply to them. Rashi brings the examples of trimming hay or leaves of reeds on Shabbos to use as a toothpick. The Ron explains that these materials are soft enough for an animal to eat, and anything made from them would not be a lasting item. Therefore, the prohibition of perfecting a cleave from them has not been violated. So the peg-legged pirate who loved using his pointed branch as a spit, while chewing on toothpicks he made by trimming hay, watched his men collect piles of wood in the Hudson to be used immediately for kindling a fire. Which reminds us, it was taught in the Bryce in the Gabe, Minachatsu Madli, one may gather hay or slivers of wood from the Chatzur to kindle a fire, because everything in the Chatzur is considered prepared and not muksa, provided he doesn't make piles of hay and wood. Rabbi Shimon permits making piles. The Tanakhama holds that it's prohibited to make piles because it looks as if he's gathering hay and wood for the next day and for the day after that. Was Rabbi Shimon holds that it's permitted to make piles because his pot proves his intention. Since he's collecting hay and wood for use as firewood and people see that he's ready to cook, they'll realize he's collecting these piles for immediate use. All right, so that concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Avram Goldham. Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.